Hello, everyone. This is Mike with the Crucial Talks podcast. Thanks for listening. Our numbers keep improving, so if you can continue to share the podcast, that would be great. I had a fairly normal week and ended it yesterday at my son's first Pinewood Derby race. If you know what this is, it's basically you take a small block of wood, throw some plastic wheels on it, put some weights in it, and it races against other kids on a track that's purely gravity-fed. He did fairly well for his first time, sixth overall, and won an award for the most realistic car. What I found interesting was the interactions at the event itself. So there were a lot of Cub Scouts there. They were all in their uniforms. And even though my son and his den are all brand new to the Scouts, they were already asking why some people were in tan uniforms, which were the Boy Scouts that were helping at the event, and what the different neckerchiefs meant that they wore to signify different levels within the scouting organization. It was interesting because a lot of the information I provide to everyone is about human behavior. And it's based on the fact that we adopt and fulfill a number of roles in our lives. And these roles determine our behavior. They're also roles that we construct socially. And we we use these roles to figure out what is happening in the world around us. I was able to see this through the eyes of first graders as they notice differences in their uniforms. They notice small differences between their tiger cub neckerchief, which is orange, and other cub scouts, such as wolves, who wore yellow. However... All of the Cub Scouts wore dark blue uniforms. They noticed a difference, but they still interacted. When they noticed the Boy Scouts who wore tan shirts, they knew they were Boy Scouts and asked questions about the different uniform items. They interacted much differently with those in the tan uniforms. Of course, it could have been due to the uniform or due to the age difference, but there was clearly a difference, and these differences drive behavior. And that's the difference that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about fit. And not fit like physical fitness, but fit like does a square peg fit better into the square hole or round hole. Let's start by listening to this short clip from the movie The Other Guys with Will Ferrell playing Detective Gamble and Mark Wahlberg, or as 80s and 90 kids like me call him, Marky Mark, playing Detective Hoyts. Stop humming that song. I can hum if I want to. I know you can. I'm asking you to stop. Well, if you're asking, then I'll stop. Thank you. Could you not smile like that? Now you're asking me to mask my emotions because of how it makes you feel. That I will not do. Seriously. Stop humming. Okay? This isn't accounting or wherever the you and your little pocket calculator were transferred from. Forensic accounting. Okay, and that's an important part of the job. Yeah, whatever. Stop being so overtly happy about doing work, you moron. Hey, guys. Reminder. The police union picnic's coming up this weekend. Uh, my wife's making her famous deviled eggs again. My waistline's furious. It's a bad time, Bob. All right. I want to get a slice. You know what I just did? I just walked out that door, saw a couple detectives, and I was about to start badmouthing you behind your back. But I stopped myself because my pops taught me that a man who talks behind somebody's back is a coward. Wow, I actually appreciate that. Good, because I'm going to tell you directly to your face. No, you don't have to. No, I don't like you. I think you're a fake cop. Who in the wild? I would attack you. Even if you weren't in my food chain, I would go out of my way to attack you. If I were a lion and you were a tuna, I would swim out in the middle of the ocean and freaking eat you! Okay, 
First off, a lion swimming in the ocean? Lions don't like water. If you'd placed it near a river or some sort of fresh water source, that'd make sense. But you find yourself in the ocean, 20-foot waves, I'm assuming it's off the coast of South Africa, coming up against a full-grown 800-pound tuna with his 20 or 30 friends, you lose that battle. You lose that battle nine times out of 10. And guess what? You've wandered into our school of tuna, and we now have a taste of lion. We've talked to ourselves. We've communicated yeah. and said, you know what? Lion tastes good. Let's go get some more lion. We've developed a system to establish a beachhead and aggressively hunt you and your family. And we will corner your, your pride, your children, your offspring. How are you going to do that? We will construct a series of breathing apparatus with kelp. We will be able to trap certain amounts of oxygen. It's not going to be days at a time, but an hour, hour 45, no problem. That will give us enough time to figure out where you live, go back to the sea, get more oxygen, and then stalk you. You just lost your own game. You're outgunned and outmanned. Did that go the way you thought it was going to go? Nope. In this clip, Gamble is clearly not living up to Hoyt's expectations. Hoyt tells him, I don't like you. You're a fake cop. Basically, Hoyt is saying that Gamble does not match relevant features he believes make up a cop. This is reality to Hoyt's, and it's exactly what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. We do this to ourselves, and we do this to other people. What we do is take a subjective look and see how features either fit or don't fit with our expected reality. Does that new employee seem to fit without expectations? Does a family member's behavior fit with expectations at a family dinner or holiday? Do you feel like you fit with a new group, or will you spend the entire evening uncomfortable and quiet? This is how we react to situations around us. We try to figure out two components of fit. The two components of fit that we're talking about today are comparative fit and normative fit. In simpler words, comparative fit is how big or small the perceived differences are between a person and the expectations of that group, and normative fit is how many features do we share with that group. Let's take a look at Marky Mark's character, Hoyts, as he examines Gamble. Hoyts sees Gamble as being very different than what he expects a cop to be. He also perceives that Gamble does not share the features he would expect from a cop. As a result of this, an extreme in-group, out-group relationship develops. We can see the hostility that exists between the two. I know I've been in situations where comparative and normative fit have resulted in conflict. These perceived differences in comparative and normative fit can cause some pretty bad internal strife. The result of this is a reduction in trust, reduced morale, and a decrease in productivity because people are fighting internally instead of focusing their energy outside of the organization. And Gamble, in the clip we listened to, uses the tuna and the lion as a metaphor to exactly what we're talking about with what bad things can happen when comparative and normative fit don't match perception. So now let's see what we can do to use comparative and normative fit to positively impact our teams or organizations. Our goal is to have an identity that people think they fit into and that others fit into. For example, imagine an organization where there is limited funding because that's what organizations have. They have limited resources to use toward a common goal, toward a mission. But imagine within that organization, two groups who are fighting for more financial support. There's only so much to go around. So what happens? What happens is they accentuate the differences between the two groups, and this creates negative tension and conflict. It creates an in-group, out-group relationship because they're battling over these limited funds. 
However, take those same groups and now introduce a market competitor, a company that wants to move into their marketplace, and they will more likely team up against that company that is competing against them. This happens because more attention is drawn to similarities and not differences in that situation. Rather than looking at each other as in-groups and out-groups, rather than separating themselves because of differences, they're more apt to join together because we're focused on the similarities, not the differences. What this means to us is that context matters, and changing that context can help us. Those two groups... They didn't really change that much, but we changed the lens. We changed the perception. We changed the focus on what they were looking at. If you're trying to get people to work together, ask yourself what you are focused on and if you can change that context. For example, would you rather buy a cut of meat that is 10% fat or would you rather buy a cut of meat that is 90% fat free? Same piece of meat, different context, and context matters. So let's go back to the other guys and see what happened when Marky Mark and Will Ferrell find some common ground and reduced the differences between them. Gentlemen, you have a choice. Mamma Mia or Jersey Boys. More tickets. Sugar, Sean, I tried to keep them in the waiting room. That's okay, Susan. Uh, two glacier waters with Mediterranean life. No, no, no. No more water. We're not here for that. Oh, I was very much looking forward to having the water. How great is Jersey Boys? It's not great. It's fantastic. You totally undersold it. The pageantry, the costumes. Wow, what a musical. Hey, get over here. What's wrong with you? What? Right. It's not what we're here for. Right. Give it a we're gonna do good cop, bad cop. You know, I won't okay? it's, it's the oldest game in the book for a reason. It works. I come strong, then you come in. Got it? Yeah. I come strong, then you come in. Right. Now you listen to me, you piece right. of shit. It's just you and me, and I'm gonna rip you apart. How did you cover your losses up? Huh? What drug cartel are you working with now? Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'll, I'll talk to you. You're reasonable. No, no. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk to me? <laughs> yeah. 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 What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm going to make you eat a plate of human shit. Yeah. Get away from me. Yeah. Look, I'm really sorry about that. I just, uh... I saw how aggressive you were being, and I thought, wow, I gotta go even bigger than that since we're doing bad cop, bad cop. What? No, I said good cop, bad cop. I'm the bad cop, you're the good cop. Okay, then there it is, that's it. I, I thought you said bad cop, bad cop. Oh, well, you were going crazy. Look what I snagged from his desk. I think it's his phone sheet. Oh, nice. Seven calls to the lottery office. That could be the evidence we need for Mark. Yeah. Ah! Get back! Columbia Jug Lord. Where are you getting that from? Can you imagine where you'd be in your career if you hadn't shot Jeter? We call this in, right? Looks like we got all the evidence we need. Oh, I'm sorry, my butterfly. In this scene, they may not have accomplished their goal, but trust me, it works out in the end. But what did they accomplish? Even with bad cop, bad cop, and a clearly miscommunicated intent, 
they were at least getting along better. In fact, Hoyt battles villains and protects Gamble right up to the end of the scene where they both get shot in the neck with stun guns. But I'd rather get shot in the neck with a stun gun next to someone I trust than lied about on a piece of paper. With positive team esprit and a high level of trust, a group can deal with just about any negative situation because they can change the context into something that strengthens their in-group belonging, strengthens the bond between them. In other words, a group or organization made up of backstabbers and gossipers can hardly stand up to a strong breeze, but people with a lot of trust and in-group belonging can stand up to just about anything. So there are a few good takeaways in this episode that can help us. First, let's talk about comparative fit. Imagine a circle, an oval, and a square. Circle, oval, square. Which ones are the most similar? You probably imagine the circle and oval are most similar. Now imagine a circle, an oval, a square, and a rectangle. Circle, oval, square, rectangle. Which ones are most similar? Are you thinking the circle and oval will be doing battle with the square and the rectangle? What if I told you the circle, oval, and square were all blue, but the rectangle was red? It's going to be harder for me to predict what you lump together. On a side note, I'm still thinking you put the rounded shapes together and the shapes with corners together because I kind of primed you for that. However, the point of all of this is to say that if the differences between two people are less than con- the context of the differences between other people, there's a better chance those people will identify with each other and work together because it's all about perception. This is powerful in our workplaces when we're trying to improve relationships. You may want management to work closer to line personnel or supervisors to support executive decisions. By applying a positive lens to where people are more similar than they are different can help you. Focusing on differences only makes people perceive a greater distance between them and others, and we want to shorten that distance. Changing the lens means changing the context, and that means changing perception. And perception helps people make sense of the world around them and will guide their decisions. Second, let's talk about normative fit. Imagine our friends, the circle, oval, and square. With comparative fit, we were able to group them together by shapes that had the least perceived differences between them. Round with round, corners with corners. With normative fit, imagine the child's game in front of us where we have shapes cut out of a piece of wood. Which one fits best in the different holes? So what does normative fit mean to our lives in real terms? Who we include in our own lives as normative fit determines a lot about how we will act and what we will do. In other words, who do you choose to include or exclude will influence how you act. If we only have holes that are rounded, are we going to grab for the square or are we going to grab for the circle and oval to see if they fit? Normative fit also applies to how our perception of what's going on around us fits with our internal beliefs and assumptions. Again, if we want to apply this to our workplaces, we want to impact perceptions. We want people to view each other as fitting within what is expected. And we want situations people are in to fit with their beliefs on how they are supposed to act given the role they are playing. So really what this episode boils down to is how do we draw people closer together? How can we reduce that separation that can exist between people and between groups? And we do that through context and through perception. We want to focus on the similarities and not the differences. We want people to see them as closer together and not farther apart. 
I know this episode was a bit deep, but it covers a couple of concepts that are important to human behavior. Because as storytelling social animals, people act like they believe they're supposed to act, and they treat others and the situations they're in based on perceptions and expectations. This means decisions are impacted by what we believe, by the context of the situation, and by our perceptions. If any of this was difficult to digest, please reach out to me by visiting www.crucialtalks.com, and I'd be happy to help out. Please reach out to me. Thanks again for listening. For more about me and some of the presentations that I provide, please visit my website, crucialtalks.com. While you're there, please connect with me by joining the website. You'll get access to some free content. And please reach out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook, and always feel free to make contact with me if you have any questions. Please continue to share the podcast, and please rate it if you haven't already. The numbers are looking good, but we want to keep growing this community of practitioners we can all learn from. I hope you have a great week, and remember... If we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Thank you.